All right, Doug, before we begin this episode of the podcast, I have some really good news for you. What's that? This IFF podcast now has an official sponsor, the IFF Financial Corporation. That's great. The IFF Financial Corporation has really helped the IFF a lot over the years, and I'm really glad to see them sponsoring this podcast as we continue to grow it. One thing a lot of people don't know about the Financial Corporation is it was actually started almost 20 years ago, uh, founded in 2002 as a way to combat our money being used against us. We would sign up for a city's 457 plan, a retirement plan for that matter, and a lot of that money would be used by the money managers down the road against us in anti-pension efforts, anti-firefighter you know, efforts. So you know, under the general president, I had the vision. And was like, let's start this financial corporation. And now, you know, we're providing quality programs that are out there for everybody to really benefit our members and return money to the IFF. I mean, I know since its inception, you know, over the past 20 years or so, 18 years, we've returned almost $17 million back to the IFF. And that's with no per capita money involved too, Mark. I think that's the incredible thing is it really is an institution in and of itself. Well, it's under the IFF. There's no per capita money that goes to it. It exists exclusively on its own, bringing back that $17 million to the IFF. And, and that money is used to fund valuable programs, our fire ground survival training trailers that are out there, as well as the IFF's Communications Training Academy, where we've been able to put 300 IFF members out in the field as communications directors in their own locals, and they've been able to protect jobs, keep fire stations open, and secure benefits for our members. So it's... Uh, it's been a great addition, and uh, Financial Corps is here to stay, and we're glad. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that it helps fund E18, which makes things like this podcast possible. So not only are they sponsoring the podcast, but they're helping put the groundwork, the essentials that we need to run a state-of-the-art communications program out there. So before we get started with this episode of the IFF podcast, I urge everybody to visit Financial Corporation's website, www.iaff dash fc.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the IFF podcast. Mark Treglio is here, along with Doug Stern. How you doing, Doug? Doing well. How about you, Mark? I'm doing well. Thank you. This is a very important topic today, Doug, and uh, I'm going to kick it off to you. You've done a lot of work on this in the past couple months. And uh, it really focuses around MDA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and the things that we've done. And I think it's a good time with Labor Day coming, where in the past we've had the annual MDA Fill the Boot Telethon. And our locals have been out there filling the boot on the streets, not so much this year because of COVID. But in throughout the 65-year history, we've been out there raising lots of money. And uh, you've, you've stepped up in the last couple of months. You've taken the uh, bull by the horns and helped develop some new things. And uh Tell us what you've been doing and then introduce our special guest today. Let's start with our guest. Uh, Roger Lopez out of San Antonio is our IFF MDA national coordinator. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Roger. We're happy to have you with us. Thank you, Doug. Uh, thank you both for having me. Most firefighters know of Fill the Boot. I don't know how many realize that it is an MDA exclusive type of thing and how long we've been doing it. Roger, talk a little bit about the history of the relationship between the IAFF and the MDA. We've had a partnership with MDA for over 65 years now. It started back in 1954, actually started out in the Boston area originally with our Boston local raising money for uh, a local family uh, that was connected with the MDA. Uh, and it's just grown from there. Obviously, through the years, most of our locals know about our Fill the Boot program. 
Pretty soon after it started, the partnership grew substantially through convention. Uh, we adopted a resolution to make MDA our charity of choice, and uh, we've been partners ever since. That partnership isn't just, hey, we like you, you like us. We're a major force for muscular dystrophy and fundraising through Fill the Boot. Um, I know it's like $670 million since we first started the partnership. And what do we raise a year? It's something phenomenal every year as well, isn't it? Originally, when it first started, obviously, the uh, some locals were involved, got connected uh, with the MDA, started uh, making those relationships, uh, either through camps, uh, meeting the families, that type of stuff. We've been collecting money for them since the beginning, and we've raised $670 million since the inception. And really what happened was about eh, maybe 20 years ago, the locals really started to get involved. And actually, uh, the, our general president had a big part to do with that. And ever since 2003, we've been raising $20 million a year for MDA, which is we're their number one sponsor. So when you look at uh, the programs and uh, the services that MDA is providing to the MDA families, firefighters are the number one supporter of pretty much everything that they do. And we're comparing ourselves. You know, the IFF Fill the Boot fundraiser is the largest contributor to MDA. And that's compared to like everything that 7-Eleven and Sitgo and all their other national sponsors do. We almost double what the closest one to us brings in every year. I think that really speaks to the power of what firefighters can do in their community to help out MDA. You, you touched a little bit on some of the things that, you know, all the fundraising we do helps with, but expand on that a little bit. It's more than just you know, a couple things here or there. It really is kind of an intense, all their programs type of deal that we're involved in. There's a, so many things that uh, MDA provides to the families. Obviously, a lot of our members already know about the summer camps, which has been a program that's been going on with uh, MDA ever since its inception. And that's the uh, providing a, a week's worth of release, basically, for the families and the children to go out to camp. But they provide really a lot more than just the camps. So uh, for the MDA families, there's there's so many different aspects that are needed in order just to be able to get through normal days, which uh, MDA helps them in a variety of different services uh, from uh, their clinics uh, to specialized care and meeting with the doctors that are part of their network. Uh, they also help them with uh, pretty much anything that they that they can need in their day-to-day -day, uh, activities. So they'll help them uh, get services as far as medical care, immunizations. It pretty much runs the gamut. And then one of the parts that we don't think about a lot because it's not really tangible to a lot of us, especially those of us that are, are still working out in the field, the research part of it is a big part of it. So every year, MDA is the number one sponsor for research and uh, clinical studies in uh, muscular dystrophy outside of the U.S. government. And once again, with us being their number one fundraiser, you're looking at MDA and, and the firefighter partnership providing pretty much the bulk of money that's going to research and uh, development of treatments for the various diseases that they cover. That's great. Roger, one of the things I did want to mention is uh, you mentioned earlier, it's about 2000 to 2003, things really took off with, you know, General President Schaeberger at the helm. One of the other services I think that really picked up steam in the last 20 years is the legislative efforts. Can you, can you expand on that for us? 
President Shaberger's, first of all, is a huge supporter of the program. Uh, he is has been the stimulus for pretty much us going from organization raising anywhere from seven to eight thousand to raising twenty million dollars a year over the past you know twenty years. And when we talk about support of the IFF for MDA, it's not only the fundraising part. There's a lot of different aspects as far as uh, services that the IFF provides to them. And one of them, which we're going to get into here a little bit later, is Doug, the communications, uh, working on the virtual feather boot. And then up until this part, uh, we were really making a big push with legislative issues as far as uh, newborn screening, uh, having our members go out into the states and uh, help the logistics of helping set up and push agendas in order for us to be able to help with the newborn screenings uh, when we're talking about uh, being able to diagnose kids early on with SMA. Because what we're finding right now is that the earlier they're able to diagnose a child with SMA, we now have treatments that can basically stop it. So even though it's not a true cure, we have the ability to be able to diagnose a, a child with SMA, provide them the treatments that are available right now and stop it in its tracks, which, which is basically stopping the disease and its progression. And we at the IFF have been a very pivotal part in helping passing, passing some of the legislation or setting up the logistics of getting this newborn screening out at the various states, because all the states are different. Uh, but it's an easy way for us to plug in and be able to help the MDA and the MDA family with our resources out in the field. And just to clarify as we go, Roger, you mentioned SMA a couple of times. What exactly is SMA and why is it important that we catch it in those newborn screenings? So when we talk about muscular dystrophy, it's a family of diseases. Most of our members will probably hear a lot about Duchenne's because it's the one that we're used to seeing. It's, it's a little more prevalent. Uh, especially in, in our younger boys, uh, but there's different diseases that it's like 43 different diseases that MDA covers. So it's not just Duchenne's. SMA is one that actually we were help pivotal in helping pass some of the FDA regulations and get some of these new drugs out to, into the, these clinical trials to help in the treatment of this disease. So SMA is, a, is, is, is one of the, the diseases within the family of muscular dystrophy. And we have a, a drug called Spinraza that came out about four or five years ago, which is honestly just amazing. Uh, not only is this drug have the ability to stop the progression of the, uh, the disease, but in, even in some of our older patients, like uh, some of our teenagers and, and uh, some of uh, our kids that are in their 20s living with SMA, they're seeing a reversal in the disease. And when you talk about a child going from, you know, a lung capacity of maybe 30 or 40, and then they get on this, this drug, the Spinraza drug, and now they're able to breathe at a capacity of, let's say, even 60 to 70. That's opening up new doors for them to be able to do just some things, things that they weren't able to do in the past. Because I've heard stories for some of these from the, some of these kids that uh, that grow into adults, and now they're taking this drug and they're able to do simple things that they weren't able to do before. Uh, one of the kids from my camp, I call them kids. She's in her twenties now. Uh, she's been on it for about two and a half years now. 
And she's progressed to the point to where now she's able to feed herself and she can actually get herself ready in the mornings, which she wasn't able to do uh, just a few years ago. So it's given her an independence that she didn't have before she started taking this drug. And, and that's a drug that, you know, was developed because in part due to the funding that the IFF fill the boot was able to make possible. Right. Exactly. And actually we went out to the FDA hearings and gave speeches and supported those families. I was sitting in a room with, families from across the world and the IFF was in there telling them we were there to support them and to help in whatever we needed to do to make sure that uh, the funding and uh, the support that they needed to get these types of drugs to market was going to be there for them. Now you talk about the success of Spinraza and, and a lot of that was through the legislative process. And like you said, going to testify that that speaks volumes of the services that we provide. You know, a lot of people will see firefighters on the corner collecting or filling the boot, but they don't necessarily see all of the services that we provide. How are some of those other services uh, helping out MDA? It runs the gamut again. Uh, we, we talk about just the, the comms part. So and we're going to get into it here in a little bit. But, you know, the development of our virtual boot drive, it was a big part of it. You know, us having basically bringing in the the resources of E18 and the IFF and obviously myself with the, with the rest of the communications team to be able to help them package and deliver this stuff to our members. Uh, it's, it's just a great resource for them. Let's just be honest. It's, it's nice for them to have the ability to be able to come to us that work with firefighters on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to provide that feedback on what's going to work and what's not going to work and what's going to be able to be packaged to deliver to our members in a fashion to where they're going to be able to take it to its full resources and be able to put together a program that's going to help, especially in these times right now when they have, let's just be honest here again, uh, zero money coming in because pretty much all their fundraising is pretty much put on pause because of all the COVID stuff. I think that leads us right into the next point, Roger. I, I think you know, MDA and all nonprofits are really struggling right now. Charities are on hard times because of COVID, because of the economic downturn. But we know firsthand that MDA has had a major hit to their revenue. I know their staffs are on furlough. I think they've even canceled camps for the summer. Not so much just because of the economics, but the social distancing. But how else have the services of the MDA and what they do been affected by the COVID crisis and the economic downturn following? So you're correct. We, camps were canceled pretty early and, and they, they, we were involved in a lot of those talks. And I think everyone agreed there, there's no way, uh, especially with uh, the respiratory issues that our kids have, that we were going to be able to pull camp off this year. But if you think about revenue brought in by MDA, almost all of their events are contact events. So you, you talk about their, their, their muscle walks, their, their galas, our fill the boot drive. Uh, they're all tangible touching of either money or you're out there in groups. So right off the bat, right when COVID first started rolling out and we were starting to look at our events, we had a few of our boot drives be able to go out, but we didn't have our lot. Most of our drives don't even start until the spring or the fall. So unfortunately, most of ours weren't able to go out. So 
pretty quickly, MDA's funding went down to, I don't want to say zero, but it was pretty close to zero because money stopped coming in. The problem was, is okay, so we canceled camp. So that was one revenue stream that they, they were able to kind of absorb. But you talk about just the services from their clinics. There's, there's so many things that they still provide to the families that, which they're still able to do right now, which they're able, they still have their clinics open. They're still trying to provide all the services to them. But the monies that were normally uh, earmarked for a lot of the different services is not there. So when we we're talking about research earlier, we're talking about, you know, all of these things that are in the pipeline, because there's so many drugs that are being researched on right now. That revenue stream is pr- completely gone right now. So when we're talking about this great drug that came out for Spinraza, we have families that are out there that have kids with different diseases. And, and even with the Spinraza one, there's quite a few drugs that are still in the development stage that are relying on that money from, from MDA to be able to continue that research. And honestly, it's not there this year. And hopefully, we're hoping to be able to try to find some type of stopgap or band-aid to try to bring in some money to be able to help with at least trying to keep things afloat until we hope things will get back to somewhat type of normal by next year to where we can start having some of our boot drives go out again. But we don't really know where that's at. Which, I, you know, that's like the perfect segue, almost like we planned it to be that way. But you said, you know, <laughs> trying to find a, a Band-Aid to get MDA through the fundraising desert that they find themselves in now. And that's where, you know, several months ago, the general president told us, the communication staff, you as the IFF MDA national coordinator, find a way to make something work. Find a way that firefighters can still partner with MDA and help raise funds for the critical work they do. And it kind of got us all started. We've been, we went through some stops and starts on ideas that quite honestly, we didn't think would work. Um, And some that we thought would presented to the team and found out quickly they wouldn't. Um, But that brings us to the virtual fill the boot. Um, And really it's just a way that our locals can keep contributing to MDA, can keep fundraising, can help not just grow funds for MDA, not just help them out, but show that they, as their local, are still part of the community. Uh, talk a little bit, Roger, if you don't mind, about you know what Virtual Fill the Boot looks like, where locals can find the information, and how they can participate. We've had this virtual platform for a while. Uh, it never really took off. We set it up a few years ago, and a few of our locals used it, but most of our locals were used to the tangible, being able to hold a boot, get on the community. And it was the tried and true method of us being able to raise money. Obviously things have changed for this year. So what we did, and you've already alluded to it, we went in and talked about different options and the virtual drive was still there. The problem with it, it wasn't user-friendly. There weren't a lot of options. It was basically share this link and hope that people donate money to you. And what we did through your help and the E18 and us getting together with the MDA comms team, they really packaged a full product for our locals to be able to just grab and go toolkit of here's, here's all the resources that you need. And the, the, 
the part that I like about it is it has it the way it's set up is our locals can take it and do what they need to do as far as getting their creatives together to come up with ideas to make this thing work in their community. Because obviously we have different areas where they can do different things and they can get out in the media and be able to provide some type of engagement piece. So what we've done is if, if, if our members will go to fillthebooth.donordrive.com, in there, we've pretty much it's set up already. We have just about every local in there already set up and ready to go. All the resources are there. We have the media kits in order for them to send out press releases. Uh, we have different ideas for them to be able to uh, take this and, and uh, be able to run with it and, and get with their community and figure out what's going to work best in their area. And it's been active now for about I guess maybe about two and a half. It's been active for a while, but we, we only had the launch two weeks ago. And it's interesting to watch some of our locals and how they're getting creative with, with it. A lot of them are, they're making videos, they're doing engagement pieces with the community, they're doing challenges. Uh, in the program, we have a, a way of, of creating milestones to where if the community donates $10,000, your fire department would do this, or it's left open-ended to where that local can go in there and through the, the resources that we provide them, pretty much make it their own. And the, the cool part about it is, is it's only been active for really about a week, a week and a half. And as of this morning, it's already raised 236000 Wow. That's, that's tremendous for a couple of weeks of something brand new starting, I think. No, exactly. So the cool part is, is if you look at the numbers, a lot of our big locals haven't even gone out yet. So what we're having is, is you can tell a lot of the locals are starting to get in there, starting to see it, and they're starting to build out the infrastructure to hopefully launch a campaign in their area to be able to help bring in money. Because like, it's my assumption that everyone's kind of like, like in the same boat that I'm in. So I'm from San Antonio. I've been in the department for 26 years. Every year, Fill the Boot has been a big part of my life. We've raised consistently over 200,000 every year, which in my mind, my fire department is basically paying for our kids' camps. They're helping for the family. So we're a big part of the budget for that local. And it's real hard for not, not only me, but my department to think we can't do anything this year. I can't go out and fill the boot just because my community, obviously we've got restrictions going on in San Antonio right now. There's no way for me to do a traditional fill the boot. Now I have an ability to be able to help do something. Do I think I'm going to be able to raise a quarter million dollars off of virtual? Probably not, but I tell you what, we're going to try our best to do, raise as much as we can because we have been involved with this fight for MD, MDA and the families for longer than I've been around. And it's such a big part of our department that I think locally, I'm, speaking, I'm going to speak for my own department, it, my guys want to go out and do something. And me being able to provide the tools to them to hopefully be able to bring in something will be something that we're hopeful we're going to be able to at least do something in the meantime to help get us through 
this part of the year and then come next year, maybe early next year, we're hoping we'll be able to go out and do a traditional boot drive. But that's left to be seen. I guess we'll see how all that works out. And I think locals will find the resources that are there for them to participate in this fill the boot are tremendous. A lot of social media help. Shout out to Jane Bloom, the communication director at the IFF and her team for helping us navigate through a lot of the stuff and creating that. You can find a lot of it too, Roger, along with the website you gave, mda.org slash FTB. So mda.org slash FTB gets you into that toolkit, into all those things that you can use to help grow the awareness of what we're doing and in turn help do fill the boot to kind of get through to where we're going. Um, the, the IFF is working a lot too. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about Roger, if Mark, you want, you want to talk about some of the stuff that we're doing to really get out there and promote this from a national level. You'll see it in the media. Hopefully uh, we're doing some media stuff, but I think we're also doing a lot of social media push from the international. So that should help locals find the voice, find a way to put this out there because I think, like you said, there's so much that benefits from our work with Phil the Boot that if we can just get them through these tough times, I think it's going to pay off in the long run. So we're talking about the social media that is out there to support the virtual boot drive. One of the things that I'm seeing that you usually don't see in the past boot drives is the local media picking up on the virtual boot drive. Every day we're getting Google alerts about a new television station somewhere in the country that is running a story on the new virtual fill the boot drive. And I think that's really helping to get exposure for the relationship that's out there and the effort that we're putting forth this time. I think it's tremendous. I think it's a, it's a great thing. Don't think it replaces the fill the boot on the street, but I do think that it, as Roger mentioned in this time, you know, we got to hold the line for, for these kids out there. And this is a great way to do it. You know, I think that actually brings up a good point because I was talking to one of the locals about it and the news media, morning shows, they're looking for stories. They're looking for something outside of the COVID stories to be able to report on. So it's a great opportunity, not only for obviously MDA for us to raise money for them, but for locals to be able to get out and get some good press out of it too, to be able to get out there and, uh, have a feel good story about the local going out and helping these kids in dire times. I, I think it's a good opportunity to be able to get on those morning shows and be able to get some good press out of this. Uh, you know, it's almost a win-win on both sides for our locals to be able to kind of get out of the COVID reporting for a little while and have a story that's uplifting for the community, not in a good sense and promote their drive at the same time. As we grow this podcast, we're getting new listeners every episode, and we're also getting more firefighters that are listening to us, uh, many of them who go out and fill the boot. Uh, many of them also don't know where those funds go afterwards, uh, and we talked about the camps. Take us through what a week at MDA camp is like for those kids. I've been going to summer camps for 17 years. This would have been my 18th year. And I highly encourage all of our members, if you've never been to a camp, even if you can't go for the week, try to go out there. They have a, every camp has a firefighter day. You need to go out there and meet these kids and you need to see the experience that you're providing with your boot drive. So almost all the camps are set up the same. It's a week long camp and 
they're, they're pretty much all over the country. And what it does is it provides a, a resource for not only the kid, but for the family to be able to kind of take a break from their normal routine and especially for the kid to feel normal for a week. They're around their friends. They come into camp on a, normally a Sunday or a Monday and they spend the whole week together. And when we talk about camp, they're, they're true camps. They're, they're, they're set up to where they're out there swimming, they're, they're fishing, they're, they're horseback riding, they're zip lining. They're doing things that there is no way they would be able to do outside of this camp setting because the resources that are provided at the camp for this, for, for this, this kid that's going through the camp for the whole week, there's just no infrastructure anywhere else in the world for them to be able to do this type of stuff. So when a kid goes in, they're given a camp volunteer that spends pretty much the whole week with them. They go to all the activities, they're there with them during lunch and de depending on their abilities, they provide pretty much all the caregiving for them. Not only do, do, does MDA provide that, but they have the full medical staff, which is they have a medical doctor on staff and they have all the RTs that are there to help provide the care for, for, for the kids while they're there for the week. And that's, it's a great opportunity for the kid to be there in a safe environment, have fun, and for the families to know that their kid's going to uh, have a great time. The really cool part is if, if our members have the opportunity to visit a camp probably a few years in a row, that's when you really start seeing what MDA summer camp provides because, and I've seen it over and over again, you get that first time camper who comes to camp. It's never been, the family's apprehensive. They really, they got, more than likely they got talked into coming to camp. The kid shows up pretty reclusive, doesn't really want to talk too much, really, honestly, sometimes doesn't even want to stay. And that first day is a little hard for that camper, but they meet their counselor, they get to start having fun, the activities start rolling. And it's, it's interesting to watch that first time camper from that Monday to Friday, just completely change. They go from this reclusive, quiet child who really didn't want to be there by Friday. They don't want to go home there. Ha they had the best time of their, their life up to that point, And they love camp so much to where they just had the best time of their life. And you start watching them cycle through camp every year. And it's really a growing experience for them because you don't really think about how these kids grow up. There, a lot of times there's, they're, they're kept away from some of the other kids. During school time, they don't get to go out and play on the playground with, with the rest of the kids. So it, it's a hard environment for them to grow up in. And this week of camp provides them the ability to do things that they couldn't do outside of it. Just simple stuff. You know, a lot of these kids have never swam in their life and they get to go into a swimming pool and it's like life changing for them. Just the simple task of them being able to get into a pool and just fill that water and uh, be able to feel that weightlessness and be able to actually move around better in there. It's just an amazing experience to be able to, to witness that. And if our members have the opportunity to go out and see that, it really makes you buy into the program and makes you realize what the money's doing. 
And it makes you realize that because of the firefighters in our program, we're able to provide that to the MDA families. How does a firefighter get more involved with MDA? They contact you? Yeah, they can contact me and, and uh, they can shoot me an email at rlopez at iff.org and we can point them in the right direction. So the good thing about the way we're set up now is uh, about two or three years ago, we actually on the MDA side, we have the infrastructure now to where we have firefighter partnership positions to where even with this virtual boot drive, you want to go to summer camp. I have someone locally that will reach out to you that works with firefighters that can help develop your program, can help you get involved in summer camps, can help you if you don't have a boot drive set up already and you want to, they can help with all that. Through me, uh, through the MDA side, uh, there's plenty of resources that, that are there in order for our members to get more involved. I've had a few camp experiences and you're right, Roger. It really is a really special thing to see the life-changing events that these kids have at camp. And every MDA person I've ever talked to, every MDA kid I've ever talked to, family I've talked to, just can't stop raving about how great camp is. And really, it's just another part of that partnership that firefighters have with MDA. Um, our partnership isn't just fill the boot, like some people may think. It goes much, much deeper than that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Roger? Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I know our big thing was, our plan was to encourage folks to do virtual fill the boot, to get their local involved, to help us help MDA. But I think we kind of talked a lot more about other things as well about why the relationship is important and the benefits, not just to us or to MDA as organizations, but to the kids that finally have those experiences and how all of that helps. Is there anything else you want to add? I'm so passionate about the mission because I think that's important for our members. You know, I think it's important for them to realize and to be able to see and hear exactly why we do what we do. And for some of those that have not had the opportunity, like you said, to go to summer camp or uh, be able to even be around one of the families that they're helping, uh, I think it's important for them to, to kind of take the time to, to do that if they can. Uh, I highly encourage all of our locals to get involved. If you have a drive that you normally do and you're not able to do it this year, take advantage of our, our virtual fill the boot. Uh, shoot me an email at rlopez at iff.org and uh, I'll get you some resources if you need. I'll get an MDA person. Uh, I'll help you get whatever it is that you need to sell this and implement it into your department. If you've never done fill the boot before and you're looking to try to get involved with MDA, especially right now, it's a great time to get involved. Obviously, we don't have any camps to go to this year, but uh, there's so many ways to get involved. At, with the MDA. We, we are having a virtual camp, which is kind of cool. A anything we can do to provide for our members, we're more than willing to do that. If you need a video, if you need some help with your social media stuff, we'll do whatever we can to support you and your local. Roger, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for all that you do for the IFF and the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I know I appreciate working with you. I'm going to take a chance and guess that Mark appreciates working with you as well. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully some folks hear this and it gets them excited and it gets them out there and ready to do what we can to help MDA.
I hope so. Thank you, both of you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Doug. Hey, and just so that the membership knows, you guys did a great job of helping us package all this stuff together. And, and uh, on behalf of the MDA families, you guys really helped us put together some great tools for our members. And uh, thank you both for helping with that. Uh, and just like earlier, big shout out to Jane too, because she was she was uh, she really did a lot for as far as the program and being able to get all that stuff together. She's always been a great resource for us. Let's plug that website again. It's mda.org slash FTB. Obviously FTB is standing for fill the boot. So anybody wants to get involved can go there and get as much information as they'd like, or they can reach out directly to Roger and Roger, your email address again is. rlopez at iaff.org. Thanks a lot, Roger. Mark, I, I think, you know, here again, we see the scope of all the things that the IAFF does, not just to help our members, but to help our communities as well. Absolutely. It's an all-hands-on-deck effort uh, from everybody at headquarters. You know that, you know, part of part of your duties is to support MDA, and it, and it transcends out into the field to our, our members out on the streets filling that boot. And, uh, you know, this year we're doing it virtually. And I encourage everybody to support this great cause and get out there and let's fill the virtual boot. Like they say, uh, the boot looks different, but the, uh, the mission is the same.